Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, everyone. It's Kareem, the voice of Simon Fairchild and the Eternal Tavern Keeper. Today, I'm here to tell you about Divisor, a podcast on the RQ Network. Divisor is a dark science fiction audio drama with elements of horror from Harlan Guthrie, the mastermind behind the unsettling and addictive series Malevolent. In this immersive tale, we follow Sun, a young man who awakens aboard a spaceship bound for Earth on a mission to recolonize a desolate planet. However, Sun's journey takes a sinister turn, and he discovers unsettling truths about his world and himself. The entire series is available for you to listen to now. Search for Divisor wherever you listen to podcasts. That's D-E-V-I-S-E-R. Or visit www.divisor.ca or www.rustyquill.com for more information. Rusty Quill presents The Magnus Archives Episode 40 Human Remains Friends in the hazmat suits gave me a clean bill of health, bloody holes notwithstanding. They seemed quite keen to quarantine anyone showing even the slightest sign of infection. It's just pain. The paramedics said your lungs need fresh air. Tim's as well. It's fresh enough down here. A basement filled with a thousand rotting worm carcasses. Surely we could do this in my office. No. I need to be here. Keep watch. I need to be sure. John, she's gone. I went with the ECDC people when they took her away. I watched her body burn. Jane Prentice is dead. You can relax. You know why I can't. When Martin found... That's a matter for the police. Fine. Fine. I'll go home as soon as I have everyone's statements. Very well. Statement of Elias Bouchard, head of the Magnus Institute, regarding the infestation by the entity formerly known as Jane Prentice. 
Statement recorded direct from subject, 29th July, 2016. Whenever you're ready. There isn't a lot to tell for my part. This afternoon, just after lunch, I was going over some budgets in my office as I normally do on a Tuesday when the fire alarm started going off. It was annoying, but not too worrying at first. I, I packed my work away and began to calmly head towards the evacuation point when Sasha came barreling through the door babbling about worms and clutching a tape recorder. I told her that whatever was wrong should wait until we were out of the building as there may be a fire. She told me she had set off the fire alarm to get everyone out and that you and Martin and Tim were currently trapped by Jane Prentice. Obviously this got my attention and I suggested she turn the tape recorder on largely so this sort of debrief wouldn't be necessary. Did you not get the tapes? No, there was some sort of problem. Sasha told me the tape was lost. Hmm. Well, I explained to her about the recently installed fire suppression system and said that as there was no actual fire, we'd need to activate it manually. We hurried down and it was clear everyone else had already evacuated. We had reached the ground floor when... Well... I know I have often seemed dismissive of your concerns before. In fact, I was getting ready to raise the issue of Martin's continuing to live in the Institute's basement, especially as I believe he's been stealing fire extinguishers. But honestly, I didn't fully appreciate what you've been talking about until I turned that corner and we saw what I can only describe as a tidal wave of filth rushing towards us. I feel somewhat ashamed to admit I didn't really pay any attention to Sasha as I ran and must have lost her at some point. We became separated. I composed myself and decided on a more roundabout route to the boiler room. Luckily it seemed the things were mainly concentrated in that one mass, leaving the other corridors largely vacant. It took me ten minutes, maybe fifteen, but I made it with only one close call. The sight of rows and rows of huge red CO2 canisters was certainly something of a comfort. I do apologise that it took me quite so long to figure out how to actually work the system. If I'd been it's quicker... It's fine. We're alive. Yes, well... I turned on the fire suppression system and that's when I heard the scream. I can't really describe it, but well, I'm sure I don't need to. You were a lot closer to it than I was. The last thing I remember before blacking out. Tens of thousands of things without mouths screaming as one. Yes. Horrible sound. Anyway, I called the fire department, ambulance, and a contact at the ECDC who had previously been involved in the Prentice investigation. Um, once I was sure most of the gas would have dissipated, I headed down to the archives to see what had happened. Sasha was already there, but you and Tim were in bad shape. It looked like a few dozen worms had been going into each of you when the carbon dioxide killed them. Bloody yes. Thank you. I remember everything from when the ambulance arrived. Quarantine, bandaging, etc. When did Martin get back? It was about an hour after they'd taken you and Tim away. They were prepping Prentice's corpse for disposal when Martin burst out of that trapdoor you found, screaming that he'd found a body. So we called the police. Tell me what happened to Gertrude Robinson. John, how many times do we need to go over We've this? We've never got it on tape. You can barely stand. Just Why don't we do this tomorrow? Fine. 
On the 15th of March last year, I had a query about a statement one of our researchers was after and went down to the archives. Gertrude wasn't there, but her desk was covered in blood. I, I called the police and there was a huge search, but there was no sign of Gertrude, alive or dead. She didn't have any assistance, so there were no witnesses and no one saw or heard anything. The police tested the blood and confirmed the DNA match to Gertrude, though I don't know why they had her on file. They judged there to be almost a gallon of blood spilled, far more than the human body can lose and survive, so I assume she was dead and left the investigation to the police for all that good it did me. Um, and I appoint another archivist. Martin finding her body in the tunnels is as much a mystery to me as it is to you. Right. Right. Thank you, Elias. Statement ends. Can you send him to him? Do you need much? I'd really like to go home. I sympathise. It won't take more than a few minutes. I just... I need the parts that weren't on tape at the time. Sure. Just... Quarantine, you know. Not as much fun as it sounds. You were certainly in there longer than I was. Everything all right? Uh, yeah. I just made some joke about itching and suddenly they were doing a whole bunch more tests. Well, itching is one I of... I know. I know. I was trying to lighten the mood. I'm fine, though. Except for the holes. And the pain. And the blood. And the nightmares. Could have been worse, though, eh? Another couple of minutes and... Yes. Yes. It was... Anyway, statement of Timothy Stoker, archival assistant at the Magnus Institute regarding the infestation by the entity formerly known as Jane Prentice. Statement recorded direct from subject, 29th July, 2016. Just take it from when you got back from lunch. Well, I could tell something was wrong as soon as I got back. It was quiet. I mean, it's normally quiet, but it was dead quiet. I spotted the tape recorder lying on the ground and went over to uh, see if it was damaged. And as I was checking it, I heard Sasha shouting. It's a bit of a blur, to be honest, because when I turned around, there she was. Prentice. Her face so full of holes, it's like my eyes are up here, but they're not, you know? They're just... <sighs> she tried to say something, but I don't. I couldn't really understand her through all the... So, I could see the worms were coming through the floor, the walls everywhere, the whole we're safe inside the archive thing. Not so much. I don't know what I was going to do. I think I was going to try and hit her, but that's when Sasha knocked me to the floor. It's It was a good move, actually. Prentice didn't seem to expect it. And we crushed a lot of worms when we fell. They were slow to react. And we were running before they really went for us. I mean, all this happened in the space of a few seconds, so I'm not exactly certain. Sasha had to basically drag me behind her. I saw the shelf in front of us was about to topple. There were so many worms on it, so being the hero I am, I let go of her hand and told her to go get help. She made it out of the main door. I turned to run into the office. I was just trying to get a door between me and Prentice. I didn't know that's where you made the first hole. 
There were loads of them. Some jumped at me as I ran inside, so I dodged out of the way, but ended up sprawling into this pile of boxes that I thought were case files. Instead, I found myself lying on top of a whole bunch of CO2 canisters, which are damn hard, by the way. The worms were still coming, so I used them. Uh, I mean, I went full gas Rambo. After that, my memory gets a bit fuzzy. I think the paramedic called it respiratory acidosis, from breathing in all the carbon dioxide rather than your more traditional oxygen. I remember finishing the first few extinguishers, killing the things, but they kept coming, so I grabbed a few more and saw the massive hole in the wall. There didn't seem much point in staying, so I went into the tunnels. They were cold. Dry. You know that worm smell, that earthy, rotten smell? Oh, yes. Well, yeah. There weren't so many down there. I think they were almost all in the archives. I have a theory, actually. I think they weren't ready to attack when you found the tunnels. It's like something in the Institute slows them down and makes them, uh, sluggish. And that noise they make, that squirming sound, they don't make it when they're in the tunnels. I don't know why. It was only when they came into the Institute, maybe the light or the aircon or something, I'm not sure, but I think it made them weaker and they've been down there for months, breeding, building up their numbers until there are enough to properly bury us. Except you found that hidden passage and they had to act. Maybe. Could you describe the tunnels? You were there. Humor me. I remember they sloped down and up and around. I couldn't keep track of where I was. I did see some more worms, though. They were fast. I only saw a couple, but it was still proper jump-scare territory. I got them, though. It was really surreal. I only had my phone's torch, and it was hard to keep an eye out. I was so light-headed. I wandered for, I don't know, maybe ten minutes before I found a wall that seemed different. It looked like someone had just put some plasterboard over an entrance. And I could hear you and Martin on the other side. I broke through, and, well, you were there for the rest. Quite. You... you weren't there when Martin found the body, though, were you? No. I was quarantined, same as you. And you didn't see it in the tunnels when you were first exploring? No. I did see... I mean, maybe... What? No, it, it's just... I think I was still gassed and it was dark, but I found a room. Go on. I didn't stay long, because it had a lot of worms in and they weren't acting like the others. They were sort of wrapping around each other, like they were trying to form a thing, like a structure or something. A ring. I was probably still out of my skull. and half hallucinated the whole thing, but it looked like they were trying to make a doorway. Doorway? Is it still there? No. I pumped two full extinguishers into that room. Nothing was getting out. Good. Good. Go home, Tim. Get some sleep. <laughs> yeah. Sure. 
Statement of Sasha James, archival assistant at the Magnus Institute regarding the invasion by the entity formerly known as Jane Prentice. Statement recorded direct from subject, 29th July, 2016. In your own time. Yes. Where do you want me to begin? I was with you until I ran out to save Tim. Then we were separated and I fled into the Institute proper. I pulled the fire alarm because the worms were following me and I didn't want anyone else to get hurt. I went to Elias. We talked. We were going to save you, but the worms came and I fled into the artifact storage room. You know I hate the artifact storage room, so it must have been bad. You used to work there, didn't you? Yes. For three months. It was dreadful. I used to think that it was the most dangerous place in the Institute. Not anymore. Yes. Not anymore. It was safe enough. The worms didn't get in and I stayed there until the fire system deployed. Then I ran out to get to a window. I saw the worms in the main institute. They shriveled and died. I don't think I'll ever forget that scream, though. I could hear Prentice screaming even from there. Well, it's thanks to you, to be honest. If you hadn't met that Michael thing... Yes. Michael. With the bones in his hands. We still don't know much about him, do we? No, not yet. Sorry, getting... Distracted. You got as far as Jane Prentice's death. Yes. I returned to the archives, and all the worms were dead. You and Tim were lying there, but you weren't moving. You just lay there. The dead worms still half inside you. The trapdoor was open next to you, and more were inside. I went over to check, and you were alive. So I pulled you back to where there was more air, and began to remove the worms. Are you all right? Sorry, just difficult to hear, you know. Yes, I understand. That was when Elias arrived with the fire brigade and the doctors and the hazmat people. They talked to me for a long time and I did my best to explain the situation. They checked me for worm marks, but I was fine. They took you away, so I waited with Elias. He was looking at me strangely, but we were both quiet. It had been a very strange day. After an hour or so, we heard cries from the trap door. It was Martin. He was shouting about a body. We got him out, and Elias tried to get him to calm down and explain. He said he had found the body of the previous archivist, Gertrude Robinson. And that was when Elias called the police. I tried to calm him down, but he was in bad shape. The police arrived, and I gave them pretty much this same statement. Right. What about the tape? You had the tape recorder, the one I'd uh, just recorded Mr. Romeo's statement on. But when you gave it back, it was empty. Yes. I dropped it a few times. The eject button must have been hit. I didn't notice until you pointed it out. It's probably around somewhere. Is it that important? It's important to me. Are you feeling all right? You seem a bit out of it. Yes. I am very tired. It's hard to keep track of things sometimes. Right. Go get some rest, Sasha. Yes, I will. I mean, I already told the police. Well, now tell me. I need to hear it. I need to record it. I... All right. Are you okay? Fine. 
painkillers are starting to wear off, but it's fine. Statement of Martin Blackwood, archival assistant, etc., etc. Go. Right. Well, I was doing some background checks for case 0081709 when you and Sasha started screaming. Yes, yes, yes. I was there. I was with you for almost the whole time, and that tape survived just fine. Sorry. It's fine. I just... I only need from when you got separated, from when you got lost in the tunnels. No, I mean... I'm sorry I left you. It was an accident. I thought you were two were with me. I mean, the worms came at us, and they were so much faster, and then there was the gas, and the running, and I, I, I thought you were right behind me. When I turned round, you were gone. You were both gone. It was an accident. I know. It's fine, Martin. Everybody's... Everyone's fine. I just need you to tell me what happened next, and then it's finished. All right. So, um, yeah. We got separated, so I, I tried shouting, but you didn't answer. The walls seemed to kill the sound dead, and there wasn't any echo. They were old stone, like, like really old, and there was no light except my torch. I, I always keep my torch on me, ever since I moved into the archive, so I had that at least. I, I wondered for a while. It's, it's a maze down there, John. I don't know how far the passages go, maybe miles. I, I think it must be the old Millbank prison, like Tim was saying before. I even found some stairs at one point, but I really didn't want to go down them. I hadn't seen any worms for a few minutes, and weirdly enough, that actually started to worry me. Like, if there weren't any worms, then I'd gone too far from the Institute. And there was more dust in those corridors, too, and dead rats. E- even some discarded wine bottles. At, at one point, there was an empty packet of mint imperial. Martin. And... Sorry. Yeah. Um, I was trying to go back. Not that I knew what back even meant down there when I heard the scream. I don't even know how to go about describing it, but I thought, I hoped. Well, when I started to find the shriveled bodies of worms all over the place, I knew she was dead. So I wanted to get out of there. I was looking for a way up, but it felt more and more like I was trapped. Every turn just led me to another empty corridor. When I finally found a door, I thought it might actually get out, but instead... It was a small room square. There was dust on everything. Cardboard boxes were piled around. They were full of old cassette tapes. That's where you found her? Yes. She was sat in a wooden chair in the middle of the room. No worms, no cobwebs, just an old corpse. Gertrude Robinson. She was slumped forward, but I could see her mouth hanging open. So I ran. And I found the trapdoor soon afterwards. Could you find the room again? I don't know. Maybe. The police certainly expect me to, although I get the feeling they're not too keen to explore the tunnels either. Martin. How did Gertrude Robinson die? I don't know. Not for sure. It was so dark, and I only saw the body for a few seconds. The police were quite clear that the cause of death could be absolutely any... Martin, how did she die? She was shot. Three times that I could see. Three shots to the chest. Right. Right. Thank you, Martin. Sure.
Gertrude Robinson, the last archivist at the Magnus Institute and my predecessor, was murdered. There were no worms to infest her, no strange ghostly apparitions to warp her mind or caves to entomb her. She was killed in the archives by someone who used a gun. And that scares me far more than any spectre or twisted creature. Because that means someone here is a killer. The police will investigate thoroughly, I have no doubt, but given their track record in this matter, I am not optimistic. There is something in these files, in these statements. I know that now, some deeper mystery. I think Gertrude Robinson found it, and I think that is why they killed her. Some of my tapes are missing. Maybe it was Prentice, but she seemed more interested in the written files, and the other tapes seem fine. There's no sign of debris or anything that would indicate they've been destroyed. But, in addition to the tapes Sasha lost earlier, the tapes for cases 0051701 and 0160204 are gone. I don't know why these two specifically, but I cannot trust anyone. I'm going to figure this out, and I'm not going to stop. They'll have to kill me first. End recording. The Magnus Archives will return on Thursday, 1st of December, 2016. Season 1 has featured Jonathan Sims as the archivist, Alexander J. Newell as Martin Blackwood, Mike LeBeau as Tim Stoker, Lottie Broomhall as Sasha James, Ben Meredith as Elias Bouchard, Lydia Nicholas as Melanie King, Martin Kukorin as Dr. Lionel Elliott and Brecon, Stephen Violich as Hope, Katie Davison as Naomi Hearn, Hannah Brankin as Jane Prentice and Laura Popham, and Evelyn Hewitt as Not Sasha. The series was produced by Alexander J. Newell, Michael LeBeau and Murray Porter. It was written by Jonathan Sims and directed by Alexander J. Newell. This podcast is distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike International License. For more information, visit RustyQuill.com. Thanks for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hi everyone, it's Kareem, the voice of Simon Fairchild and the Eternal Tavern Keeper. Today, I'm here to tell you about Celine, a podcast recently launched on the RQ Network. Step into Celine, a city cloaked in darkness and teeming with horrors. From evil headmistresses to murderous marionettes, black worm parasites, haunted hotels and 
eerie sleepwalkers meet the paranormal investigators of Needle Street, newly arrived to battle the encroaching malevolence. Inspired by Poe, Edward Gorey, and Agatha Christie, their adventures promise twisted mysteries and unforgettable characters. Immersive audio brings the city to life, blending dark humor with bone-chilling suspense. Join the investigators as they navigate Celine's shadows, where mystery and intrigue await at every turn. Experience the thrill of Celine in Dolby Atmos. That's S-E-L-E-N-E. Or visit www.rusticquill.com for more information.